Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. You know you're getting a little bit old when, um, well, this morning I was, I was getting dressed and I'm a little less confident with my fashion attire these days when you have teenagers who are into fashion in the house. So I, I was putting on a, on a blazer this morning. I said, how's this look? Uh, I was saying to my daughter, and she goes, Daddy, you look puffy. <laughs> so, so I don't, um, so she goes, no, just, you're okay with just the sweater. So this morning, I don't have a, a little fancier Christmas outfit because I didn't want to look puffy for you. So, <laughs> so it's great to have teenagers in the house that keep you uh, feeling confident in your attire. Well, we are, uh, we are here today to celebrate who? We're here to celebrate Jesus. And it is a great time of year to do that. Well, this morning, I, I want to let you know that all of the earth changed when Jesus was born. So much so that we actually changed our calendars and the way that we mark years by Jesus' birth. We have B.C., before Christ, we have A.D., Anno Dominion, which is um, the year of the Lord, and we count how many years. Now, our world has said B.C.E. lately, which is uh, kind of a fancy word to say before the common era, because they didn't want to put Jesus back in the, the real reason why all of time has changed. But I'll have to tell you, the birth of Jesus was so significant. But the challenge with celebrating Christmas year after year, it can somehow slip into tradition. Nothing wrong with tradition. It can somehow slip into remembering a time 2,000 years ago and make it a historical event. But when in reality, Jesus is still with us through the Holy Spirit. Even though he resides in heaven at the right hand of the Father, he allowed his Holy Spirit to come here. So when we worship him this morning, guess what? He's, his presence is here. And we celebrate that today. Well, we've been going through a series. If you're a guest with us today, welcome. So glad you're here. We've been, um, over the last few weeks, we've been going through this children's story, What to Do with an Idea, phenomenal book. And I wanted to, uh, we're pulling out some ideas of actually the gospel message, the story of Jesus through this children's book. And I thought it would be fitting because we've only read parts of it over the weeks. I thought it'd be fitting to read you this story, what to do with an idea. And in this um, story is a little character who looks like this. And, And what we do in this story, though, is we make the idea... Actually, we name him Jesus because there's some parallels in here that just help to create some, some illustrations and analogies for, help, for helping us to understand who Jesus is and wants to be in our life. So remember, when we talk about an idea, we're talking about Jesus. Now, the other interesting thing is we get into this story, what to do with an idea. I know there's kids in here, so I'm going to try to put on my kid reading uh, voice put on. I guess I'm not putting it on. I'm going to use my kid reading voice. And then I also want you to, for you adults, look at, the, um, look at the illustrations as we go along. Look at the size of the idea. Look at when colors change. Look at the facial expressions. I'll try not to go too fast, but this is going to be fascinating. 
here we go. What to do with an idea written by Kobe Yamada, illustrated by May Bossom. Ready, boys and girls? Okay, hey, boys and girls in the room, right now, when I say ready, boys and girls, I want you to say, yeah, really loud, okay? Ready, boys and girls? Yeah. Okay, this is perfect. Here we go. One day I had an idea. Where did it come from? Why is it here, I wondered. Hmm, what do you do with an idea? At first, I didn't think much of it. It seemed kind of strange and fragile. I didn't know what to do with it, so I just walked away from it. I acted like it didn't belong to me. But it followed me. I worried what others would think. What would people say about my idea or about Jesus? I kept him to myself. I hid him away and I didn't talk about him. I tried to act like everything was the same as it was before Jesus showed up in my life. But there was something magical about Jesus. I had to admit, I felt better and happier when he was around. Jesus wanted food. Okay, Jesus wanted food. He wanted to play. Actually, he wanted a lot of attention. My relationship with Jesus grew bigger and bigger, and we became friends. I showed Jesus to other people, even though I was afraid of what they would say. I was afraid if, if people saw him, they would laugh at him and even laugh at me. I was afraid they would think he was silly. And many of them did. They said, it was no good. He was no good. They said, he's too weird and you're weird. They said, it's a waste of time and that it would never become anything. And at first I believed them. I actually thought about giving up on Jesus. I almost listened to them. But then I realized, what do they really know? This is my Jesus, I thought. No one knows him like I do. And it's okay if he's different and I'm a little weird and he's a little weird and maybe a little crazy. I decided to protect him, to care for him. I fed him good food. I worked uh, with him, played with him. And, and, but most of all, I gave him my attention. And my Jesus grew and grew and so did my love for him. I built him a new house, one with an open roof where we could look up to the stars, a place where it would be safe to dream. I like being with Jesus. He made me feel more alive, like I could do anything. He encouraged me to think big and then to think bigger. He shared his secrets with me. He showed me how to walk on my hands because I said, it is good to have the ability to see things differently. I couldn't imagine my life without him. And this is where the new pages happen to be for those of you who've been joining us over the weeks. Then one day something amazing happened. 
My Jesus changed right before my eyes. He spread his wings, took flight, and burst into the sky. I don't know how to describe it, but it went from being here to being everywhere. It wasn't just a part of me anymore. It was a part of everything. And then I realized, what do you do with an idea? What do you do with Jesus? You change the world. Interesting thing about this picture, look who's wearing the crown. We had talked over the weeks about understanding that that Jesus finds you. You didn't find Jesus. He's pursuing you. We talked about that your life had great purpose, that ever, even before you were born, that Jesus had a plan for you to be alive today. We talked about that he wants you to see the world differently, not with the, the filter of, of the craziness of this world that brings hopelessness and depression and the uck of the world. But yet he wanted us to find hope, to find joy and to find peace. The interesting thing about this story, though, is we come to the end, we realize that it goes from a Jesus that we decided to say yes to, and then all of a sudden... Jesus, in our life, starts to spread and changes the world around us. So why is Christmas so significant? And you realize that this story really talks about the Christmas story. When Jesus shows up on earth, he shows us a way to our Father in heaven who loves us. I love this verse in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, in Matthew recounting the the Christmas story in his gospel. Matthew, who is one of the disciples of Jesus, says this in 123. Behold, the virgin shall conceive, talking about Mary, and bear a son, and they should call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see... We have to start at the beginning of the story. When Jesus was born, we realized that God himself so wanted to be close to his creation that he came to earth through Jesus, his son. But it didn't end some 2,000 years ago when Jesus left this earth. He said, it's good that I should go and I'm going to leave you my Holy Spirit, my spirit. And that's why Christmas should not just be on December 25th, but Christmas should be every day of your life. Because we think we go to Christmas and we think it's presents, but really the gift is his presence of him being close to us, his presence. And that we realize that Christmas can be every single day. Kids, do you you want Christmas to be every single day? Oh, of course. (laughs) If only you knew what that meant. (laughs) Well, yes, that we get to be close to Jesus. That's why I love this story. Because it's a story of pursuit in this book and also the gospel. It's a story of him chasing us down and wanting to be close to us. That's what God wants. Now, the interesting thing, though, is as we start living in a way that is Christmas every single day, we realize that the very thing that God does by being close to us is not meant to be contained in us. 
That's why it says, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And we sing those Christmas songs. And the idea that as Christ lives in us through his Holy Spirit, that our environment begins to change. In the story, he started to see the world in a different way. Instead of pursuing our selfishness and our selfish ambition, instead of being self-centered, we realize that, wait a second, maybe our, my life is to be lived for somebody else, and maybe my, my job is to bring hope and goodwill to men and peace on earth. Maybe God has something for my life, and he does. The interesting thing about this is it started with Jesus in a manger in Bethlehem. And guess what? Some 2,000 years later, it didn't just be contained to Jesus and a few of his disciples. National Geographic in this month's edition says there are over 2 billion followers of Jesus today. 2 billion people who would say that Jesus is their Lord. Christmas should be every day. Because when Christmas is every day, then we care for our neighbors. We live more generously. We see the needs around us and we meet those needs. There's something inside of this when Christmas is every single day that pops alive and that we realize that my life is meant to not only celebrate Jesus, but to live like Jesus. And when we do, we realize that we are a part of this family of God. If there's anything I want you to hear, and I'm mindful that there's some people who only come out for Christmas services or Easter services, and they maybe hear this occasionally, but I, from the depths of my heart, I want to let you know that my life has been forever changed because of Jesus. The mark that you see today would not be the mark that you would see if I didn't have Jesus in my life. Now, I'm still a work in progress. But Jesus is close to me. And I have a Father in heaven who loves me, who has a plan for me, and has a purpose for my life. You see, in John 3.16, anybody who's gone to sporting events or you've seen... I think there's a Patriots game today, actually. Oh, I know you like those Patriots. One o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. But it may be scan the crowds and you'll see somebody holding up a John 3.16 sign. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, there's another scripture in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 18. I love this. Saying, this is speaking of our Father in heaven. I will be a father to you. And you shall be called my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. See, when we come into the family of God, we start with Jesus. But we get in the family by accepting Christ into our life. That's why God came to earth, because he, he couldn't bear that people were separated from him. And so he found a way that we could be reunited with our Father in heaven. And he calls you, and he wants to call you sons and daughters. And that's why I love that last picture in that book, where he places the crown. 
You see, we think that we've accepted Jesus in our life when the reality is, is Jesus is making us the princes and princesses. Prince and princesses. As Jesus is our king. And he's in the process of drawing us close and bringing us into the kingdom of God. You see, God does not want to be a ruler over us, but a father to us. Some of you need to hear this. A father who cares for you, who loves you. You see, Emmanuel, God with us, was really about, it's, it's yes, Jesus showed us the way to the father, but it was really about the father who wanted to show you and I a way to him. He wants us to experience Christmas all year long. Not presents, but his presence. And I want to encourage you, pursue Jesus not only during Christmas. Pursue him all year long. And guess what? If you choose not to pursue him, guess what? He's still pursuing you. (laughs) That's just the way he is because he loves you. And he wants you to find your purpose, your place. And I want to let you know, if you're a guest with us today, this also can be a place that you can experience his presence on a regular basis. As the worship team's coming back up, I want us to understand that the idea that changed the world, that was the, the whole idea of our, this series, the idea that changed the world, his name is Jesus. And he wants to change your world. He wants to change my world. And he's still changing the world around us. With two billion followers of Jesus and more and more coming to him every day, I want us to not only receive Jesus into our life, but I want us to experience his presence every single day of our lives. I had this thing on, on Sunday mornings. I would tell the kids, and, and I actually haven't done it in a while, but I, I used to do it often. I, I'd be so excited on Sunday mornings. I'd say, come on, kids, it's Christmas morning! Like, Dad, it's the middle of summer. What are, you, what are you talking about? But I woke up with that feeling of feel, feeling like I can't hardly wait to get to church. Now, I know you can feel his presence other than being in church. He's, he's everywhere. But there's something about coming together with a bunch of people and getting to, to dig into God's word and to worship him that was just got me so excited that it felt like being a kid at Christmas. What would it take for you to have that feeling beyond Christmas morning? I think it first starts by a realization that God wants to be close to you, that he loves you and he has a purpose for you and he's been tracking you down to bring good to your life to allow you to experience his presence, but it doesn't end there. I want us to picture this, if you will, that this year, what are you going to do to join the unfolding story of Jesus, not only in your life, 
but spreading his good news for others who need him. That the greatest present that you could give this year would be the gift of his presence to somebody else. To introduce Jesus to a world that is so desperate for him. They just don't know it yet. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for being close to us. That your presence really is the greatest present. That we would come around and realize the the greatest idea was really initiated by you, which was sending your son to this earth to show us the way back to you, our Father are in heaven your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it's in heaven you taught us how to pray that Jesus and we want to see the qualities of your kingdom be be seen in this world and we want this world to get a taste of how good you are and that there truly would be peace on earth goodwill towards men that we would care more deeply for our neighbors this year, that we would care for the needs in our community just a little bit more this year, that we would look to our world and see the hurting places of our world and say, what can I do to bring the qualities of your kingdom, the qualities of heaven here to earth? Jesus, we want to say we love you. We celebrate you. Happy birthday, Jesus. You're our king, you're our God, you're our savior. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 